0: NutriSource Pet Foods just launched a new product that can give our active hunting dogs a big boost when they need it most. It's called Kombucha. NutriSource Kombucha, inspired, of course, by Kombucha, is a savory, meaty bone broth topper that's packed with activated postbiotics from a fermentation product that thrives in the gut to promote a healthy gut ecosystem for digestion support. That's a mouthful. But what it means for us bird dog owners is that we now have a healthy topper to pour over our dog's food if they're ever stressed or won't eat while on a long hunting trip. Campucha is offered in three flavors, turkey, beef, and chicken, and comes in a 12-ounce pouch. Nutrisource high-performance dog foods provide exceptional healthy nutrition for active dogs of every breed just like my dog Daisy. Now they have a topper that gives our four-legged hunters another edge when they need it the most. Check out their full lineup of dog foods at Nutrisource Pet Foods. Dot com. If you're an avid outdoorsman or woman on the go, then odds are good that you have toys and equipment that you need to haul. Aluma Trailers, they've got you covered. Their trailers are built by a hardworking team in Bancroft, Iowa, right here in the good old USA. They have models for nearly Any and every hauling need, from ATV and UTV trailers to utility, snowmobile, motorcycle, car trailers, and even fully enclosed trailers like mine. Trust me when I say Aluma Trailers tow gear like a dream. Their trailers are constructed out of lightweight, strong, corrosion-resistant aluminum, and they are 100% maintenance-free. Plus, they come with an industry-best five-year warranty. Visit AlumaKLN.com to find a trailer that fits your needs. For everything that gets you outdoors, Aluma Trailers will help you get there. Welcome to Omaha, everybody. It is an absolute pleasure to be here tonight. We're at the Brickway Brewery and Distillery. Honestly, I'm humbled. This is pretty crazy. This is cool, this is fun. I mean, just coming to, just coming to Pheasant Fest is always just one of those. I tell my wife this when, when we come down here that these are all people that love what we love. And we get to talk and they come up and they tell me stories about things they've watched and what they've loved and, you know, the, the mistakes that we've made in the field. All the things that we try to show that are real. And everybody else, all of you out here tonight, you have the same stories. And you come up and you want to share them, and it's just a lot of fun. And now tonight, I said, no, Scott, I do not want to do this. <laughs> and yet, here we are. I said, just yeah, like everything do, else I do. tell them I don't want to do. But <laughs> here we are. We're doing our very first live podcast And you guys all came out tonight, and it's humbling. And I just personally thank you for coming tonight. Uh, Tyler Webster, my buddy from North Dakota, from the Birds, Booze, and Buds podcast. He's here. This is Scott Franzen. I'm going to suck up to him. He's technically my boss. He does sign paycheck Or his chauffeur,
1: one of the other. Yes, he (laughs) drove me
0: all the way to Omaha this morning, but uh, also co-host of the Flush television show. So tonight, we are going to try to let you guys... Ask us questions, and we will see where the conversation goes.
2: Chances Uh, are we're not going to know much about the answers, but we can make stuff up. Ben Ben Bredigan from Onyx
0: just came in with a whole stack of Elite memberships. If you do not have an Elite Onyx membership, you want this, and you will quickly understand why, because it gives you access to so much information all over the country. You're going to love it. Uh, we also have hats and buffs here, and if you come up and ask a question, the mic is right in front of us. You will take home, if we deem it worthy, Scott, correct? They're all worthy, Travis. Come on. Don't I be will be the hardcore. judge of that. I will be the judge of that. We take have, his hat away, yeah, Scott. We <laughs> have. Uh, first of all, I want to say uh, the just how far you guys travel to come to this event is so cool to me. Uh, can you guys maybe yell where you're from, one at a time or two at a time? Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah? Ohio.
1: Ohio. Iowa.
2: Iowa. Wisconsin. South Dakota. South Dakota. All right, now let's settle down just a touch. <laughs> like, I got to, uh, you guys could have all the pheasants. I don't care.
0: <laughs> He's the hunt capital. So like if you go through Tyler and you would pick a state, I'm going to pick a state. You tell me what that state is known for. Sure. Okay. Go. Wisconsin. Rough grouse. Wyoming. Sage grouse. Scott. Montana.
2: Beer. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> fair answer.
0: Uh, I'll, I'll accept it. North Dakota.
2: Huns, baby. Baby. Oh, yeah. South Dakota.
0: Boo!
3: Pheasant. 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 Capital,
0: yes. Um,
2: Texas. Bob whites. Quail. Arizona. Quail. All the quails.
0: Nevada. Chuckers. Yeah, yeah. Washington. Chucker. Maine. Definitely chucker. Rough grouse. Florida. Snipe.
2: Alligators.
3: I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: like, I don't know. Okay, uh, Tyler, how many years, have, how many maybe, years have you been coming to the Pheasant Fest now?
2: Uh, this is only my second Pheasant Fest, and I am—I I had so much fun at the first one. I was excited to go last year when I was supposed to be in Sioux Falls, and then that fell through, and then I've been thinking about this Literally every day since season got done. What have you been doing since season got done? Because you hunted like 150 days straight. 136 okay. is all. I uh, round up, I'm dramatic. Yep, yep, quit, quit over exaggerating. <laughs> yeah. I mean like you're also 5'5", five five, not 5'7". Five <laughs>
0: round
3: <laughs> up, round up. So.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> My ID actually lies, it makes me, makes <laughs> almost sure, five eighty. Sure, sure.
2: Yeah. I'm also 180 pounds, so it's all right, I get it, I get it, I get it.
0: I know, everybody that sees me is like, oh gosh, you're, you're, Shorter than you look on yeah, TV. Yeah, every. You know? <laughs> and then, so, George Lyle, who will probably be here in a little bit, he's been sending people over, because we've been heckling each other back and forth all day, so I never know if they're actually meaning what they're telling me, because they've come to rip on sure. me, Sure. But then I don't know if George sent them or if somebody else. So that's kind of been the running. I don't know
2: who's writing George's jokes this weekend, but they're on point. Yeah, I mean, he's been, he's been getting some good ones. Good so for I him. think he's sitting over. I think he's been writing stuff down. Good for him. But since season got over, I've been thinking about this and turkey hunting is all I've been thinking about. So yeah. this first. Scott, how many years for you down here? Or not down
0: here, but as Pheasant Fest moves. Oh,
2: I think this is our
0: seventh, I think, isn't it? Favorite story from Pheasant Fest?
1: Oh. Uh keep come it back PG me. Me we think. got some young people in here
0: <laughs> which by the way I want to say this young man right there will you come up here please bud yep yep with the chucker hat on yep Can you grab that microphone and tell us your name?
2: Don't worry, Travis can't grab it either. I know. I (laughs) I
0: was hoping that you could do that to help me out. (laughs) This is what it's like when we go hunting, too, by the way. This is exactly what it's like. It's never a dull moment. Go ahead. Can you tell us your name, please? How old you are, and how many chucker you harvested this year?
4: My name is Jace Newmarker. I'm eight years old, and I've shot 42 chucker this year.
0: (laughs) Woo! That's they, 42 more than Scott Franzen. The
2: answer to that last question we knew was going to be more than any of us. So <laughs> yeah. we knew that was going to be the answer. We're proud of you. That's amazing. Yeah, man, that's for amazing. sure. That's We're, amazing. Tell, tell these guys how far you came to get here, too. Where'd you guys come from?
4: We're in Nevada.
2: There you go. Oh, yeah. Man, yep. thanks for coming. Thanks for coming here yeah. tonight. Yeah. Very
3: next, year, cool. next year
2: they'll have you up here instead of me. So it will like
0: just At, start practicing. It's possible that maybe yet tonight. <laughs> it could We're happen. Get rid of Would you like a hat? Yeah, we've got this hat you got over a hat for you. And a
1: bot.
2: Tyler, (laughs) favorite story from Pheasant Fest so far? So far this year? Oh, this year. Oh, I have an answer to that. Yeah, go ahead, Scott. Uh, He can't spring things like this on me. Well, I met... um, I'm the host. I can do whatever I want. That's fair. I met a young lady. I
1: think she's even here tonight that told me about this was her first year of upland bird hunting. And she got started because she had a Labrador retriever that was doing really well in kind of hunt. There she is right there. Yeah. So she, her Labrador was doing well in uh, some training events, but really showed an interest in more hunting oriented activities. So she took it upon herself to call the game and fish department, found someone that would mentor her at, but first asked, where do I find someone that could mentor me? I'll pay him." And he offered and I, I might be getting part of the story wrong, so if you want to come up Would and you tell like it to accurately. Come, Would you like to come up and that's, tell your story? Come, please do it, because that's the best story I've heard. It's wonderful.
0: Tap, Dan, Scott. I
1: know. I'm juggling right now. He's juggling. Virtually. <laughs> okay. yes, 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 right you there. you want to grab yeah. that
0: microphone right Tell there. us your name again, please. Jamie. Jamie, thank you so much for coming all the way to Omaha from Washington Washi-
5: Washington
2: Washington state. Yes. Holy cow. That, that might that Washington, might that right. might be the record actually. I know that Ben back there in the back came from Pennsylvania, but I think you made farther.
5: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so
2: Jamie, fill fill yeah. in where I got
5: okay. where I so made my mistakes. Actually, the the lab at like 10 months old got kicked out of agility class because he was hunting his way through agility. And I had to find another thing to follow the lab with and For my birthday, my 58th birthday this October, I reached out to a guy in the hunting regulation magazine and asked him if he would teach me to hunt and help me with my dog that apparently wanted to hunt. And he met me on the opener and took me out hunting and then for a couple of days and or a couple weekends past that, he met me and trained with birds and then said, go. <laughs> and pretty soon I was hunting four to five days a week. Awesome. Wow. And I learned how to hunt by watching The Flush and listening to On the Wing podcast. There you go. Everywhere I went, learned map onyx. Just every part of it didn't have anybody but you guys. You've made my whole... Season. Oh, that's awesome! You
0: made our night. You made,
1: yeah. Yeah. You made our Christmas yeah. fest. Nice. Phenomenal. So, thank you.
5: Thank, thank you. Well.
0: One question for you. One, one more question. Hold uh, on a second. Okay. What was your favorite part once you started hunting? What was the favorite part for you to be out there in the field? Uh,
5: um, actually, just I, I'm a hiker uh, for the last five years, and I would say that when I was hiking. I would go 12 to 15 miles a day with my girlfriends, and we stayed on the trail.
3: Mm.
5: Now I have learned to get off the trail. If I'm on the trail, I'm in the wrong place. (laughs) And um, so I wander, and I look, and I've learned about habitat, and I've researched and everything else. So getting off a trail and not trying to get just to the top to see the elevation I got and to the miles I gained, but to actually just wander and slow down, and follow the dog. What kind yeah. of birds
2: are you? Have you have you hunted so far this year?
5: I've hunted chucker. Hey, did you nice? Yeah. Yep. I actually because I thought I'd use my hiking legs to hunt some chucker. It was a little scary. I mean, actually the. Fighter pilots came in underneath me, and that kind of freaked that's, me out. That's,
2: that's, <laughs> I, that's, that's, I that's was a,
5: holding on to the earth a little bit going, holy <laughs> crap. I've never seen the top of these wings. Yeah, <laughs> um, But um, I, I like quail. Yeah. And um, I just... I got a pretty
2: serious quail addiction.
5: Yeah. I've got a, I mean, I just that whole thing. And as a beginner hunter, I can't hit crap. <laughs> But <laughs>
0: Neither can Scott. So
5: but the whole, wait, wait, the I
1: wait. I thought you were counter. the one that couldn't yeah, hit crap. Yeah. Where's Tim?
5: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, actually, you are the one that can't hit crap. Yeah. <laughs> Did, so Scott's been slipping
0: 20s in his no, no, no. pockets. I've had <laughs> no, multiple no. people say Scott's been slipping 20s. <laughs> I yeah. wonder not yeah. do they that. they can roast yeah. me. Yes.
5: So that's my favorite. I think I, I really actually do like the quail. I mean, the checker... Makes me look good because nobody can hit him going on sure. that descending, except for yes. that man right there, yeah. right?
2: Yeah, yeah. thank Both you, Jimmy. That's yes. phenomenal. That's awesome. Thank Congratulations. you. Oh, I want to
0: give you this. This is an Onyx Hunt Elite Membership. It's going to help your hunting career moving forward. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Well done, well done. A quick reminder that the Flush Podcast, now in its second year, um, is brought to you by Onyx Hunt, mm-hmm. Chief Upland. Um, by Nutrisource Pet Foods, and who else am I missing, oh, Scott? Just well, the people that are here. here Waltons, Walton, <laughs> that's right. The Walton family is sitting over I'm there. I'm just
2: going to say, if you were going to forget somebody, yeah. the people that are here, maybe not so I'm good not, for I'm you. not on f- a full day's rest. <laughs> In months,
0: literally. <laughs> no, yeah. I know. Yeah. You slept I'm, the whole way here. I tried to sleep. So Scott and I rode all the way down here, and he's like, hey, go ahead, take a nap. And, and I'm like, okay, you're I'm going to. You're hanging I'm gonna, on gonna. for dear and life then, the whole time. And then I rest my eyes for... Mm, no, he's the good driver. It's it's one of our other coworkers, Rob. Uh, we don't want to ride. Yeah, ride with. don't ride But with then the ride. then he's like, hey, so, and then he starts talking. Like thirty seconds later. Travis, I was bored. stilly. don't say. You no, were take for a nap four If hours. you don't really mean it. Oh my God. There's a lot of familiar faces in, in this room tonight, and I thank each one of you guys for coming out here. Um, a lot of faces that I haven't met, but it's just so much fun to to meet each one of you. And I always ask, you know, what do you like about the show? Um, what could we do better? So I've gotten a lot of feedback today, but I've also gotten a lot of stories. Uh, so we'll get to some of the feedback, but you told your story. What's your favorite Honestly, moment so far because we're only we're only like six hours into pheasant fest it's a three-day event
2: no i'm i'm like 48 hours into you've been pheasant here since yeah, i've been that's here since true. wednesday that's true uh but no seriously and i'm not even joking this is my favorite moment of pheasant fest so far this is awesome i we, we had a we had a legitimate conversation me and scott earlier when travis was off gallivanting being a celebrity <laughs> and uh me and scott were like god i wonder if anybody's gonna show up tonight <laughs> and then we walked in here, and we're like, "Holy crap! People actually showed up. What the hell's going on here? People like they actually are... wanted to hear what we have to say." That
0: blows my mind
2: every single every time, time I find yeah. out
0: that anybody watches or listens. It's just it's it's humbling beyond anything I can explain. Not
1: me. I have a lot of good stuff to say. <laughs> I don't know. So go for it, Scott. <laughs> well, it's your show, Travis. I'll nope, wait. Nope, oh, no, 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 nope. right. I insist. Well, I think we want to ask for some questions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if, if you want to ask a question from all of us or any of us, microphone's right there, and we have different prizes to hand out, so please don't be shy. Come on up at any point.
2: If you have any questions about hair products, direct them towards me. These guys don't know a thing. Yeah. They don't have any, yeah. so. Well, yeah. I don't
0: know if this is PG or not, but somebody slipped this in my pocket. Oh, no. Question for Tyler. Oh, my
2: gosh. This can't be good. You want to read it? Sure. Mm. We'll see. Okay. Uh, This is actually an easy one. Uh, What is my favorite brand of toilet paper and why? And boy, do I have some (laughs) things to say about this. Like, we're talking three ply minimum, all right? And some sort of a baby wipe, ideally. So, um, Charmin, extra soft, we'll go with that. There we go.
0: (laughs) Okay. Hey, there's guys. This is actually,
2: see, somebody actually knew what my specialty was. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they asked a directed question. I love this. This is great. If, by the way, I'm sure that this guy probably had this question written just. No, somebody
0: handed hand. it to me. <laughs> See, there's a hand yeah, right no, there. No. Yeah, yeah, yes, well, exactly.
2: We don't ever want to pay attention to what Dave has to ask. So there's a
0: gentleman sitting right there in a maroon sweatshirt. That, that guy. Yep, yep. You're nodding. That Would you one. mind coming up here? Because I asked you what the favorite story so far that you heard at Pheasant Fest was. And this fellow right here came over and he goes, I've got a story to that share. I have to tell you. He's making his way up.
2: We didn't let him tell the story at the booth earlier because we wanted to. I didn't know. He told me. But then
0: oh. I said, so don't tell these guys. I want him to know. Ah. Sir, what's your name?
6: My name is Ryan Stockton. I'm 37 from Southwest Missouri. Nice to meet you.
0: Very nice to meet nice you. Nice to you. meet you, you as well. All right, sir, would you go ahead and tell us this story and, well, maybe why you were so excited to come up and tell me it? Okay. <laughs> well, this is the only
6: reason I came up to Pheasant Fest. <laughs> <laughs> You're drunk. <laughs> <true. laughs> okay. So everybody's, I'm sure, has heard the story of Travis's dog, Daisy, yep. getting stolen out of his front yard. Yes. So <clears throat> I come up to Travis... Today And I said, hey, I I heard your story, and I got to tell you, I I am on the other side of that story. So my wife over there, uh, her and I were hunting in western Kansas, southwestern Kansas, uh, over New Year's. And we're driving down the highway, and this dog is running down the middle of the road. And mind you, if you've never been to southwestern Kansas, there's nothing. Like, there's, there's nothing. So for miles and miles, <clears throat> there's not a house to be seen. And we've been already been hunting for a couple days and hadn't seen any other hunters. And uh, so it was odd for us to see this dog. So immediately, I stop. And I try to get the dog to come to me. And he's, no, I, no. Which I don't blame him looking at me. I, I don't blame anybody. <laughs> So <clears throat> I pull up, my wife gets out, she coaxes him towards her, and uh, she, she's able to catch him. So we're sitting there, it's like, what the hell are we going to do with this dog? So there's, there's not a house to be seen. All that we can see from where we're at is irrigation pivots and a shelter belt, and that's it. There's, there's nothing. So we load him up, we drive back into town, 30 minutes back into town to the vet clinic, which mind you this is new year's eve it closes at noon so we scan for a chip of course there's no chip there's no name on the collar there's nothing so they won't board the dog because they don't know the history of the dog's vaccines so they tell us we'll take it down to the pound which is at the police station it's okay so we go down there nobody's there so there's a bad cold front coming in that's supposed to be there that night. I'm not going to leave this dog out to the elements. Right. I'm not going to just dump the dog in the road. But we're for damn sure not going to take it home with us. We're seven hours from home. What kind of a dog? Well, t- come to find out, it's a French Brittany. Mm. Beautiful dog. Absolutely beautiful dog. And so it, it clearly belongs to somebody. So we're sitting there. We're, we're trying to figure out what the hell we're going to do with this dog. So we drive back out to where we came. I, I took a picture of it. I texted it to the guy that we're hunting on. He's never seen the dog before. He doesn't know anybody. He doesn't even have a clue who it could be, who it could belong to. So <clears throat> we'd almost resigned ourselves to the fact that we might just have to take this dog home. Right. You know, as much as we don't want to do that, that's what's probably going to happen. So we get out, kind of, we get out to where we picked the dog up, and. Like I said, there's not a house to be seen, and the key word is to be seen. So we happened to kind of go around a little bit further past, and I just happened to look down this two-track road, and I'll be damned if there's not a mailbox right there. And mind you, where this mailbox is is approximately 70 yards from where we picked the dog up from the middle of the highway. And I look at that mailbox, and then I look at my wife, who's madder in the wet hen because we've just burned three hours of one of the last two days we're going to be hunting. And I look at my wife, and she looks at me, and she's like, you got to be kidding me. And so we pull down there, and lo and behold, there's three houses behind this shelter belt that you can't see from where we were at so we pull in and there's a lady there and we ask her if she owns a bird dog and she says well I don't but our hired hand does and he lives just right over here so we pull up there and this guy walks out he goes yep that's my kid's dog (laughs) and I'm like well we just spent three hours trying to figure (laughs) out who the hell owns this dog and and I and I, I I kid you not we were Less than 50 yards away. And that poor dog was even trying to run towards the house <laughs> that we couldn't see. And he kept kind of turning. And my, my wife's down on hands and knees saying, come here. Come on.
0: It's okay. It's okay.
6: And that dog's, I'm just trying not to get Not another home. soul <laughs> as far
0: as you can see so,
6: in any direction. And there's, direction. Not, and there's um, mind you, you know, it is nothing but that shelter belt and 15 miles of nothingness, you know. And I'll be damned if it
2: if it wasn't 50 yards. So away. Here's so here's the real question: Did when you brought that dog back home after you kidnapped it, did you ask for permission? So. <laughs> so. Um, because that's actually <laughs> ransom at
6: that point. So and you're, we need you're, to be absol- you're absolutely right. However, I was, I was pretty frustrated. I, bet. Um, I, I informed the guy that he needs to chip his dog <laughs> and he needs to put his name and phone number on the collar and I wouldn't have. Or you could just steal his dog. Or <laughs> well, I could not steal his dog. And, you know, and that's why I told Travis, I said, you know, I, I can kind of somewhat sympathize with the guy. Because I saw this dog and like I said, there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing. Cold weather coming in. Sure. I would have felt terrible to leave that dog out there. Sure. Your heart I, was in that your heart was in the right place. My heart was in the right yes. place, but my mind was completely out in left field. <laughs> so yeah. So so well, that's how that story went. Yeah, I awesome. love that
0: you got that dog back, obviously. I, did, yeah. I think, you know, that's why I still whenever somebody brings it up, I still shake my head. I'm like, it's not like my dog was running down the street or just right. running wild. She was sitting right. in my yard, and I'm in a neighborhood. I mean, there's only, Scott,
1: yeah, well, 50 feet yeah. between
0: my house and
1: the If you took door. it out of the front yard, it's just like, it's in your yard. There's well, no and question who's yard that I is. that's what I told
6: Travis. I said, well, I didn't steal him out of the front yard. Yeah, I mean, he was yeah, at least exactly. 50 yards away. Now, well, I did have a dog stolen, though. What? I, I had a dog, I had a, my, my number one first bird dog I've ever owned in my life. He got stolen from me. He just disappeared. Whoa. I hit all my neighbors looking for him. Nobody claimed to see him, and uh, he showed up, showed back up to my house almost two months later. He was fatter than he was when he when he went missing, and he somebody had bathed him. The the <laughs>
2: likelihood of somebody keeping your bird dog is directly. Adjacent to how good that bird dog is. So So I'm just saying. Like like two months might be the right amount of time. Where where I'm at,
3: where I'm
6: at, Southwest Missouri, there's no birds. However, Uh, there's lots of coons. uh, And he's a vizla. And he looks a lot like a red bone coonhound. Sure, hair. they thought they got. And a somebody's going to be super pissed whenever those dogs go pointing coons.
2: This and thing will in. not bark, at right. Yeah, right?
6: So yeah, anyway, so that's my well, story. So Travis, thank you. you. But, uh, but also,
2: your uh, your dog got a bath out of the deal too.
6: He did. So, yeah. yeah. Oh so yeah. It's, yeah. It's kind yeah. of a win,
0: and you and know, if free it was food the, for. Two I was going to say,
2: if it's the off season, you just saved like hundred and twenty dollars. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> thank you for the, for sharing the story for all of your troubles that you went through to get that dog back, you now have an Onyx membership. Why don't you take one of these buffs with you too?
2: Scott, what else we got? How many
0: many do we have to give away?
2: Those things are awesome. Those things will keep cattails out of your nose when you're hunting pheasants, guaranteed. Yeah, Yeah. very handy.
0: Any good stories from this hunting season that anybody wants to share? Anna has a question. Oh, we got a question?
7: So we have a question from a Facebook follower. His name's Chad Chase. What is each of yours favorite memory of this past season of your bird dog?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. That's easy for me. Go ahead, Scott. Well, I have a my, Millie's was this season was her first and she was 7 months old when she had her uh first hunt and she, you know, so it's her first bird. You know, that's always a favorite memory with any bird dog, I think, is when you're whether it's 7 months, 1 year, 2 years and they get their first bird. So that was my first. She she had her first bird and I think it was the third week in October, and that's my favorite memory by far. And then second was hearing how badly Travis missed on his Iowa pheasant hunt in the flush, and we filmed it all, and it's all going to be on TV. That's my second
0: one. The camera can do amazing things, (laughs) and I... I'm in charge of the editor. I was
2: going to say, there's a reason why he's editing this yeah, stuff actually, that, too. One, that one, that one every, I'm taking editorial control over, <laughs>
0: Every time a bird goes down and then all of a sudden it cuts to me. He's going to say, I got yeah. it. I got
2: it. <laughs> That's no. why you were doing all those cutaways while we were in Arizona. <laughs>
0: For sure. All absolutely. those birds I, ca- I killed. I feel
2: like you carried day one. I did. I carried day two. You got more gambles than I did, but you did not do well on scale quail that morning. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. Fair. And then I would
0: say Says together somebody who started really poorly, we, we ended in just spectacular fashion, my yeah. man.
2: That so that that day would be my favorite memory of the year. Um the last day that we filmed down there that you guys are going to get to see probably what August sometime next year, September maybe. September probably, probably September. Uh we I was actually a little bit nervous going into the day because the weather was not ideal. It was going to be warm. Uh, the setting conditions were not going to be great. And we, I have kind of a rule that if I get out of the truck and I find birds within like 100 yards, turn around, go back to the truck, because it does not get better the farther yeah. you walk. It never happens, right? And so we parked the truck, and we walked down into this canyon, and we no sooner get to the bottom. My buddy Bruce, who's going to be in tomorrow, who's got... Daisy's full sister. Uh, his dog's on point up on top of a ridge, and here comes a covey of Myrne's quail flying at us and lands around us. Uh, I didn't even move. I just said, "There's two of them there." Travis has got and a there's fan- one right here. Travis, Travis I was has on got point. a fantastic point. I, I mean, was he's on- like. Right there,
0: (laughs) yeah, and I know, and then Tyler's like, like right here, and And I go, no, take another step, and then.
2: And the greatest thing was, is that, and not only was he a good pointer, but he was steady to flush because I I shot both those birds. He never even pulled his gun up. (laughs) This is true. It it was great, Mm -hmm. but so we're literally, if we were just a little bit higher on the hillside, we could have seen the pickup, and that was the start of one of the most epic days of merens quail hunting I've ever had. I think we hunted for what about three, three and a half hours. And we moved...
0: Maybe something like that. Yeah, we moved maybe.
2: seven coveys, and I think we shot a dozen birds. Yeah. And the, the the part about the bird dog, though, is that we, ha- we hunted with my, my short hair bow. And that dog has turned a corner this year. I mean, he, he was a good dog last year, and you've hunted with him before, two years ago even, yeah. he was a good That's dog. That's
0: why I wanted to bring Daisy
3: home. Yeah. Because
2: yeah. I
0: just saw the potential in that dog. I mean, it's just like...
2: It's unbelievable.
3: It's
0: unbelievable. I mean, it's what you dream about and if you're going out in an open prairie and you've got you're
2: going on a walk, and yep. this
0: dog just knows exactly what it's yep. supposed to do. And, and, and
2: all three of my dogs are fantastic. I can't pick one that's better than the other, but this particular day, Bo had a good day. And me and Travis literally walked around with our guns over our shoulders and waited for the GPS to go off. And the dog would be like, up, oh, point 126 we called six it a yards, tip yards up. away. We yeah, tip-up. Tip up. So yep. the tail, it would just kind of just be doing whoop, this. And then all of a sudden, the tail just would like just go like
0: And then he didn't move. Yep. And within five feet of that dog's snout was anywhere from like, Six to twelve 15, yeah, maybe quail, and yep. they would explode and go in any direction. Yeah. And if you've never done it, which we, Tyler, you and I, let's see, there's a husband and soon-to-be husband and wife. They're right life. back
2: there. I can see the boss hat. Yes, right there, there goes a hand.
0: Yep. Um, would you Would you two like to come up, and we can all just celebrate what you guys are about to do? Yeah,
2: get on up here. We're yeah. all We're all friends here. Yes.
0: The Onyx Hunt app is one of the most valuable hunting tools that I take into the field every day. I've been talking about the Onyx Hunt app since we started producing this show, and that's simply because I use it on every single hunt. Their app tells me everything that I need to know about the lands that I want to hunt and the lands that I can legally hunt on. The Onyx Hunt app shows your location on planet Earth and clearly lays out the land boundaries. It also tells you information about the type of property you're on, like state land, federal lands, walk-in access properties, etc., The app also has new features this year that show you the kind of crops that are in fields, which obviously is a big deal for us upland bird hunters. If you hunt grouse in the north woods, there's a timber cut layer to help you find ideal habitat. If you're planning to hunt North Dakota this year, then there's a very important layer that has been added to the app that lets you know if a property has been posted electronically. These are just a few of the tools Onyx Maps give us. And these maps can even be used in areas without cell coverage. From the palm of your hand, onyx maps always help you to know where you stand if you're a hunter chef meat processor or just a human like me that makes their own food then you likely would be interested in the products that are sold at walton's there are a few places that you can buy products to process and prepare your meat there are not a lot of places that you can buy those products and learn how to use them from experts Walton's is that place. They have everything, and I mean everything, for your cooking and wild game processing needs. Plus, they have experts on staff to help you learn how to use those products to get the best results. John Tremblay hosts their Gistics podcast, live stream, and chats, which are interactive learning tools for the meat processing community. If you have questions, John and his team have the answers. From sausage making to smoking, recipes to seasonings, and so much more. Walton's products ship the same day you order. They have over 5,000 items in stock. From grinders, mixers, stuffers, slicers, smokers, vacuum sealers, and anything else you can imagine. Order the same seasonings and supplies that professionals use from the best name in the wild game processing industry. Walton's. They have everything but the meat. So about, oh, maybe a month ago, I got an email, not an email, a message. you want to grab that microphone right there and hand it to your fiancé? I got an email saying, I'm getting married, and I'm going to go on a bird hunt with my wife on our honeymoon. Where would you go? And so I suggested a couple of where I thought had been my favorite places. And then today, you come up, and you're like, hey, I'm going on a honeymoon. And I go, wait a minute. Are you? There? <laughs> he goes, yes. So name... And uh, where you guys live and when you're getting married. I'm
2: Trevor Geiger.
5: Carissa Mudgett.
2: And we're from Medford, Wisconsin. And we're going to get married in 2023 of September. Congratulations. How
0: awesome is it that your honeymoon is going to be going on a bird hunt?
2: Yeah, you did well.
0: I don't wow. know how you planned that. I was but just saying, say, good job. You did get job. engaged in South
2: Dakota. Way on out on hunt, coverage so. on that one. Yeah, yeah, when, <laughs> yeah, I was talking to him earlier, and he's like, when we got together, we each had a short hair. I was like... Boy, I mean, like, that, that's pretty decent. I mean, like, is that
1: even something on the dating apps now? Have short hair, Matt, you know, match yeah, my dog. Yeah. You know? I don't it, think you'll find that like on that. <laughs> Tinder. No, it I, it I, should I, be. I think that we could create so, that's a yeah. million
2: dollar idea right there. Binder. No, yeah. that's not. It. No. <laughs> There's, there's, there's other ones. There's other ones, but we're not going to yeah. get into that because I got a lot going on in my head right now. None of them are.
0: <laughs> you know, i was just thinking to myself what we can call this yeah. site, but let's just stick with that.
1: So where did you decide Scott. to go? Have you decided yeah. where to go on your honeymoon?
2: Oh, uh, well, we're kind of convinced on Idaho or Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. After they, so you know.
0: spent about an hour talking between uh, Tyler and I, and I think your wife is settled on Arizona but I have you kind of convinced that Idaho is one of the most beautiful places that you can watch a dog hunt, too. The mern Square looked pretty good, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I,
2: I showed know. him a video. She showed, or he showed us a flush. I mean, that was uh, <laughs> that, 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 that sold the deal. Yeah. You know, And if anybody from the Arizona Department of Tourism is here right now, just, you know, send the checks. <laughs> <laughs> <I mean. Right. laughs> Round of applause for this couple that's about to get congratulations, guys.
0: <laughs> when you guys go down there, you're going to want to have an Onyx map showing you where to go, and you're going to want to... Put, Put a couple on. of hats. Yeah, you're going to want to make sure that you uh, don't have dust. Oh, um, <laughs> grab a hat. Grab <laughs> it. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Awesome. Congrats, want- guys.
3: Yeah, um, there you go.
0: Don't be shy. So uh, sitting right in front of us here, the Schwinn family, Darwin, I've been fortunate to hunt with you as well. Um, and so the viewer asked, uh, what is your favorite moment? And I think, like, I'm just I'm just racking my brain here real quickly trying to think of what my favorite moment this year. But
2: was it just uh, not losing your dog? that, did, was that
0: the I best part of the season? I never lost my dog. <laughs> um, that was amazing. She's just maturing every single day. Hunter, the first day that we spent in North Dakota this year, do you remember that evening? You can come up if you want. You don't have to. But, yeah, you better come yeah, up. I was going to say, you made, <laughs> yeah. you made everybody else come yes, up. How's he going to yes. pass? So we've walked pretty much all day, and the, this, the grass was probably, you know, Knee high for me, so, like, ankle high for everybody else. So you could just watch the dogs perfectly out in the field. And all of our dogs, Mike's right behind you there, all of our dogs were just right in front. Hunter, were they in front of you on this one where things, when they just? I think it was Noah. Okay, so your brother, your brother Noah, um, and we're just watching. All the dogs wanted to be in the exact same spot. And so they're kind of on this side hill, and it wasn't quite the golden hour because it was cloudy so we didn't have that golden life, but if it would have been, it would have just been the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. So we've got Daisy, and then your dogs, and
4: then and then Jordan's dog probably. So we had uh, yeah, put the, oh, there. Oh, yeah. uh, Mona, Veda, Bell. How many
2: dogs did you guys have on the ground at once? That sounds six awesome. Six or seven dogs. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah. then we had Renee, Tamala. Renee, she was, she dog, was with yeah. too,
0: and Quill. Quill. So. But who else did we have? Another one. But anyway, it was it was our dogs and we were we had kind of split up but we were together and there was this moment anyway I'm just gonna get to it. It went all the dogs and you could tell they were birdie and they're working, 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 and all of a sudden, boom, one hits, boom, the next one hits, and boom, boom, boom. And they all just froze in in like five feet behind each other. Five dogs on the most beautiful point on the side hill in the short grass, and not a bird moved. And I was just like, holy crap. It was just exactly what you dream about happening and then the birds started erupting right in front of them when we got there. Right. There was not a There was all, not a rooster. They're all hens. They're all <laughs> hens. That's how <laughs> it always works. But just the way that they all were just like do 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 and not yeah. a, not a bird or not a dog.
4: Yeah, you know in. they're working the entire field like and then all of a sudden they start locking up one by one by one by one. That's awesome. And, it doesn't uh, it
2: never happens that way for me. Every time I hunt with a bunch of dogs, it just turns into a circus. It's like the yeah. first time that first right, dog goes right. on point, it's like, "All right, we got about 30 seconds before all this goes to crap." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally,
0: and that's pretty normal too. I think most of us would agree, but for all those dogs to at the same time just like they all did their job and it was just such a beautiful thing. And I remember we were talking like oh, I don't care if I yeah, see Yeah, we were on
4: the the right side of the field talking to each other. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think people understand the difficulty that goes into the Flush show. Like, you have a camera crew walking behind you. There's, like, well, with us, it's like a circus. There's, like, seven (laughs) dogs and five hunters, and, you know, you're all pushing and hoping that the batteries are staying on. And, like, it's a wild bird. You know, it's not going to sit still for the show. Yeah. So if it doesn't get caught by the camera, you know, it it didn't happen. So those are, like, really hard things that you know the viewers don't really under like really yeah. understand that it's like really 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 hard because you guys do a really excellent job I don't want like to I don't want to keep
2: on pumping these guys up but I'll tell you that that's what makes this the best hunting show on TV like it's all wild birds and I've been on been lucky enough to hunt with these guys a couple times now there's no there's no pen raised birds out there like no. to to try to make a TV show so it's such a gamble it's a coin flip every time they go out there and they do a heck of a job
0: well, thank right so well, yeah. I would give the credit to our our photographers, I would Scott. too. Yeah. yeah, and our and
1: editors too, which are usually one and the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A lot yeah. of
0: times, the same same guys out in the field that are shooting, carrying up. a camera and all that equipment on their backs. Those their poor desk. camera
2: guys! I swear to God, if if like the one that we had, Jason was with us, right? Yeah. He He uh, he put a stick almost through his eyelid the last day we were filming. He was trying to film us, and he's walking, and he got caught with a stick in, in on a tree. Uh, the one guy that I. We've had filming the first time when we did that show with Craig. He fell in a badger hole trying to run up ahead of us and trying to get the sh- get a shot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these poor guys, they're yeah. out there, and they are, we're just hunting. I mean, it's easy for us. Yeah. You know, right. that poor camera guy is trying to actually make something out of, you know, this right here. I know. And it's, it's... it's hard.
0: <laughs> what are you talking about? That's eye candy. You know,
1: come well, on. I, was, I, was, I was talking about Travis. I mean,
2: you're the eye candy. We That's all know true. that, yeah. Scott.
0: Hunter, what was your favorite moment from that hunt?
4: Oh, uh, I mean, there are a lot of them, but it was the most nerve-wracking was when Renee's dog went on went on point. I yeah. don't know if you re- you remember that. I, <laughs> I will mean, never it was, forget. It was a rooster sitting down there, and we're t- like talking that. it's We on. just
0: assumed hen because right. this dog this, was not. This, this a puppy, right? You know? And
4: it's locked up, and then everyone just starts talking. Right, so it's a wild bird. We're talking, and it's like, hey. This dog's on point, like we need to get the camera in the right direction. And we don't know what it is really. And Travis is kinda like peeking his head over the grass and like (laughs) looking down and can see that it's a rooster.
0: Knee high grass for you guys. Yeah. So we know it's a
4: rooster. Yeah, the camera guy bring over the stool. The camera guy's on on point. And then the bird flushes, and if I if I miss this shot, I know what's coming on the flush. in, like, <laughs> in September. Right. Like a, a, it's a, the lead club. Like a no bird and like whiff, like whiff, whiff, whiff. Those so are I, those no. are
2: the moments that, and I, 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 it's it's a character flaw in myself, but. When I see that happen, I am actively rooting against my friends um. <laughs> because I'm like, if you <laughs> yeah. miss this shot, it's going to yeah. be so much fun for me for the next yeah. like three
4: years. It's immortal if you miss. Oh, right? yeah. it lives sure. forever. Absolutely. It lives forever. That's why
0: I believe Jamie, who claims I'm the worst shot on the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, Tim. Tim has well, some that's story Tim too. Yeah. too. Tim's story. Tim, you got. You want to come up and tell everybody Tim's how great of a shot. convinced your gun, I am. gun barrel's crooked. <laughs> well, he'll tell you what happened out there. But Jamie says that I'm the worst shot. But I think it's because I put myself in position to take so many opportunities.
2: Scott. Well, it's hard to see over yeah. the weeds. Too. And I'm also a conservationist. <laughs> He, yes. he does, he, does. Pa- he practices catch and release
0: bird hunting yeah. a lot. I remember seeing when I looked, when I did get on the stool, I could see it was a rooster and I yeah. could see the tail sticking out. The pheasant thought it was hiding in the grass in the clump, but it turns out that its tail gave it away. And then she just goes, It's a hen, right? And I go, No, it's a rooster. And then she's like, Well, why is it still there? I go, I don't. This yeah, is all suddenly yeah, we went from Yeah, hobo he, yeah to we're, we're like
4: talking about it. Like, maybe it's injured. So he's maybe like, it's okay, injured. Yeah. And she
0: goes, "Why don't you pick it up?" And I go, "Why don't you pick it up?" And he's like, <laughs> "I will pick it He's up. like,
4: "I'm going to look like an idiot on film, fine. <laughs> yes. I'll try and go yes. for it."
0: And then I said, "Fine, Eric, are you rolling?" And
4: he's like, "Yeah, I've been rolling the whole time." And <laughs> it I'm like, into "All right, I'll see if Stella I can pick act. it up." So I go in to grab this rooster, and then it just bursts, you know, just like a rooster does, just blasts out of the grass. So
2: that happened to you in Arizona too, where you actually seen the birds on the ground in front of Bow. You've seen it, ha- like, that doesn't happen often, and to have it happen twice in one year, that's crazy. I caught, caught a rooster, a rooster too.
0: in Nebraska.
2: Did you really? Yes, with my bare hands.
0: We actually took it back and cleaned it to try to figure out, like, what in the world is wrong yeah. with this pheasant? that it, it was the same thing. I dog goes on point, and I walk up to flush it, and I see the tail sticking out of the grass. It's hiding in the clump. But those long tails can give them away if you look close. And I'm like, no, he's seriously, guys, it's right here. And I kind of like nudged it. It didn't move. And I nudged again, and it kind of hid in a little bit further. I'm like, it's alive. It's. And they're like, well, what are you gonna do? And I said, I'm gonna grab it. Are you rolling? <laughs> <laughs> and I ju- and I jumped in there and just kind of like pounced like a fox would bounce sure. on a mouse, you know? Sure. And um, <clears throat> boom, here I come with a pheasant. And, Excellent. And then, yeah, but there was a little gangrene on its wing, and it wasn't a gunshot. I think it was maybe a predator a, attacked or, okay. by something, bird or, so, yeah. or something, yeah, something like that or something. Yeah, but um, just on that one spot, and it just did not want to move. I've also seen it before. You know, when the when we get that first snow, how how I, dumb. I they was can just get. gonna say, it,
2: it, I talk Same. more crap about pheasant hunting than anybody on the planet. For somebody who likes to hunt pheasants but that first snow of the year is special yeah, yeah. and you'll see like the do- the setting conditions obviously really good it's kind of cold there's moisture the birds are a little bit wet they smell and you'll see the and that's the time where those roosters they're like Nope, they're underneath there, and I've kicked in cattails before, and same thing. Like you're kicking, you're like, what's wrong with this dog? Like, what are you? There's nothing here. Every time I start kicking around in cattails, my mind's like, skunk, skunk, right? Like, I mean, (laughs) this is this is gonna turn out bad. I want to be there one of those days when it is. Well, one of my buddies, his dog And this is, like you said, where well, you're kind of rooting against
0: your friend. A hundred percent. hundred percent. I want that to be yeah. a skunk
2: for you. And, but you'll see it, and you'll be kicking, 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 and then all of a sudden, you'll kick something soft, and you're like, hmm. Porcupine. Skunk, <laughs> raccoon, raccoon <laughs> porcupine. <laughs> yeah. like, like, the chances of it actually being a pheasant are so small, and then that thing takes off, and you're like, ah, yes, okay. Good and then watch. you miss. No, I'd never miss. I don't do that.
0: Uh, have you, either of you ever been sprayed by a skunk?
2: No. Nope.
0: Dog's been sprayed.
2: Yep. Yep. Uh,
0: How many times have you been sprayed? I'm I do have a quick good, like a mongoose. I, I do have a good... So I have almost stepped on a skunk By the third before. time, you'd think you'd know. Just so, like that, that rattler you saved yeah, me from? Yeah. Almost the skunk. Same exact thing.
2: You know, in, in hindsight, I was thinking about that after, after you almost got bit by that rattlesnake. If I would have let you get bit, I probably could have taken your job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I That's mean, a, like... That would have uh, been good. You know, I, I mean, I don't know that I really want it that bad, but at the same time, it's like, I could have pushed you towards it. One of your worst moves I've, of all time. I've never seen you move that fast and push a camera guy in front of a snake like the that. That was not it. good. No,
3: get the it.
0: tape
2: shows <laughs> that I helped him... Stay clear. I have never seen. I have reviewed the footage. Like so, <laughs> there was a guy at the NFL Combine the other day who ran a four twenty one forty. <laughs> Travis smoked that going yeah, downhill. Yeah. I'm just yeah, saying, true story. Like his feet were only touching the ground every third step.
0: I actually jumped from on top of the grass. Like I didn't even actually Over touch the camera guy. Yeah. Yes. So,
1: so let's push the blinded cameraman with the stick in the eye in front he of. He just snake. took yeah. the stick in yeah, the right, eye. right. That away, Travis. Yep. And. Now Nobody you know why was,
2: no one wants to film with Travis. So,
0: <laughs> It's true.
2: So, it, like, when we ran into birds right away, if that would have been how our day started, where the camera guy gets a stick in the eye and Travis almost gets bit by a rattler, <laughs> it's a different TV show. I'm <laughs> telling you right 100%. now. 100 like.
0: Fortunately, the, yeah, the order of which everything happened, and that was the last clip of three days in Arizona. Yeah. The last clip was...
3: So Ah! Yeah.
0: And then everybody runs about yeah. me towards the camera yeah. and then pushed him <laughs> and then it shakes a little bit and then it cuts out
2: yeah so that was it. that was Basically, the last
0: yeah. clip from our filming season so it's going to be a great season it a yeah. good season yeah. 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 yeah yeah so that's that's also a good thing for you because I would have been on the clock you know and you had to deal with rattlesnake stuff and that's true. I
2: think that yeah. there's a clause in your Work contract camp. I didn't then- sign it. Oh, excellent. Okay, you good. Well, you're the new,
1: you're the new HR department, Tyler, so you better get on You there. know, I, like,
2: I think that I, that's a good job for me, and I, I'm telling you that I'll just take 10% of the lawsuits <laughs> as compensation. I don't need to get paid, I mean, because the HR department's going to be busy. Be very, well, you filmed with Travis. <laughs> you, you know. I know. Yeah. Dude, would you like to add anything, Hunter?
4: Well, I think it's a piece of... Travis Frank folklore, and I think we need to settle it right now, so Whoa. I know for sure. <laughs> okay. So I've told the story that you've never hunted the same property twice. Is that, is that correct, or is that incorrect when I'm telling that story?
0: Um, no, I've hunted the same place before. Okay. Yeah, but I, I will say, though, that uh, when I talk about going out on, on hunts, I try to go to different places every time. So if I have the opportunity, I will go somewhere that I've never been because just like with the TV show, I always want to go somewhere new and experience something. Even if it's awesome, it's like that's its own awesome adventure, and I want to leave it at that. I want to go find the next thing because for me, having, you know, getting the bird in hand is like the, the climax of the adventure, and it's not that I'm going there because I want to just necessarily get more and more and more. I like to take other people out hunting, and if I know an area that's a good place to go, then I take them back to some of those places. But I try, if I'm going on my own, and I do this when I'm fishing too, but if I go fishing without taking somebody else, I never go where I, where I already know that everything is, or the fish are. I'm, I'm always trying to learn something new, and that's why I enjoy figuring it out. Yeah. To me, okay. that's, yeah. like, that's the whole thing. The bird in hand is, is like you figured it out. And now I did it again. And sure I can drop a bunch of pins on on the map, but um, So now I, I have to reject I don't all my statements that,
4: that, that, that I've told everybody <laughs> and I have to say it's like editor's note. Say it's like ninety-five percent true. Okay, ninety-five percent true that you haven't hunted the same properties over again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, for the most
0: part. Okay, I would, I would say that's
2: accurate.
4: Editor's sure. note, okay. Yeah. Official.
2: Sorry if I if I misled you.
4: No, you didn't mislead me. I think I just embellished a little bit. It's like yeah. creative writing. Well,
2: one of my favorite and best historic sharp tail spots of all time, I haven't hunted it in four years. Like, I know that I can go there any day of the season and go and find birds. Is that where
0: you, me, and Craig went? Yeah.
2: Really? Mm -hmm. You haven't been back since that day? I have not been back there since that day. I know that we can go there and find birds, but I know that I can also go two miles down the road or four miles away and I can find the exact same kind of property and go out there and kind of try to figure those birds out as well. That was a special day because obviously if you've watched the show with Tyler's friend Craig Jones he
0: uh, was that was the last season for him to hunt. He had uh, cancer and it was terminal and he knew it and so it was kind of him going on this last hunt (laughs) through the prairie and you know it was just one of those days where again if I never go back to that spot I mean I understand why you wouldn't as well but it was a special place. We walked for a couple of miles, and there were birds. Oh, and yeah. And it was just one of those things where, uh, Scott, well, you've been in these kind of moment, oh, yeah. moments, too, where it's just there's a sentimental value to yeah. being in a certain spot.
2: Well, and when we were filming that show, you were talking about trying to do all the different species in North Dakota, the huns, the pheasants, and the tails. Well, you were up there mid-October, and I was like, the huns and the pheasants will get. Sharptails... We'll see. Like, you know, I mean, you can spend a whole day chasing sharptails in mid-October in North Dakota maybe not get a shot. I mean, they can be a little bit jumpy and they can bu- be busting wild. And if you don't have the right weather, it's not going to work. And then we start looking at the weather forecast and it's like, man, the last day that we're going to be filming is going to be like 65 and sunny. It's like, oh, oh, it's good. And we went out there and, God, we must have seen a couple hundred birds that day. We've seen a pile of sharptails. Now you're
0: wild. embellishing a little bit.
2: Well, I do remember that me and Craig were done <laughs> fast. And then we walked around for the next like three hours trying to help you get your own. Editors last cut Brandon
0: cut this part of it out. No, Brandon <laughs> cut this part of the there show. There is the consistent of the story here? There seems to be a theme. I'm pilot. average at best at shooting. Yes. Well, at I
1: mean heighten. think about
4: it, you're hunting a new property every single every time hunt. you're yeah. hunting. Here's so, what I, I do. Mean,
0: Here's
1: what I do. Um and you use a new gun, gun. Every every hunt he goes on, he uses great. a new gun. New I never gun. use the
0: That's same gun, true, but I never use the same shell twice, Hunter. I never shoot the same gun twice. I usually throw him in the ditch when I'm done. Yeah. It's you know. like
4: six foot four.
2: I <laughs> watched him hurl a Benelli across
4: the desert of the Arizona
0: <laughs> like a javelin.
2: It's stuck in a it's stuck right on the border fence and it's, it's still, still there. It's still, still there. It's
0: still there to this day. Legend yeah. has it, it's still <laughs> yeah.
2: there to
1: this day. You've seen Bo Jackson break a bat over his knee. Travis does that <laughs> That's with a shot.
0: Oh my gosh, you guys are brutal. I don't know why I come down here. Hunter. Oh. It's great. Do we get to hunt together again?
4: Uh, I think we're going to, right? I'm I mean, looking forward to the next one. I mean, if Scott lets you go to Maine, too, that invites out there. Yeah. He's hanging out.
1: I just want to know why your family's such a glutton for punishment, Hunter. Isn't once enough with Travis?
2: I haven't learned the uh, lesson either, so
1: i yeah. all right. <laughs> like, I'm...
4: You know, we need another brother to pick on. Uh, <laughs> right now, it's odd, there you go. So yeah. we, need, we need to even up, so,
0: yeah. Well, we got to walk some of... I, I mean, to this day, I still think those are some of the most pheasant-rich fields in South Dakota two years ago, yeah, yeah. you know, and you uh, became friends with Darwin, and Darwin's mm-hmm. sitting over here right now, and, and you, you know, that's kind of the beauty of this, this you know, room that we're sitting in, and all, all of us that have the same passion, uh, but once you walk a field with somebody, you kind of connect, and, you know, you guys have stayed in touch, and you went back and hunted again this year. Um, And Darwin, actually, I wouldn't mind asking you a little bit about this, too, because you're very passionate. If you wouldn't mind grabbing the mic for a second. Um, We were just talking a little bit ago about kind of what you – oh, look at these cowboys.
3: Oh, yeah. (laughs) The
0: the real Upland cowboys just walked in the room. Oh, my goodness. You can get the real story about me getting thrown off the horse from the man. bucked, (laughs) Bucked in quotes. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Um, Darwin, your property this year in South Dakota, what are you seeing over there right now? Because obviously a lot of people that head to South Dakota, they want to know what's happening on the ground right now. You, I've, I've talked about you a couple times in the, over the last two months about what you're seeing over there because we kind of keep in touch. What are you seeing on the ground right now? I mean, we're in, what is it, March? I we're believe. In, I think it's yeah, March. I mean, yeah,
2: yeah.
7: Halfway through or something. Mm-hmm. Well, we're into our second pretty open winter, Um, A couple years ago, when we first hunted on your show, Travis, with Hunter and family, you know, we were coming off of very wet conditions. Um, Ideal, really? Ideal. We had, bird population was huge. We had, you know, and we hunted in what I always say, probably some of the most pristine um, hunting conditions that you could almost find. Um, Last year was, uh, last winter was open. Uh, Last spring and summer was just dry and it got hot early Um, It was tough. It was tough, but the nice thing about it is, you know Habitat's a wonderful thing, you know, you got habitat It gives them a fighting chance and it gave them a fighting chance, you know, we were able to um, You know nesting conditions were not good. It got hot early in June Um, It was just pretty tough and we didn't get rain. We didn't get moisture uh, humidity levels were low, uh, no dew. Um, so yeah, we got through those conditions, but our, our hatches were not very good. Yeah. And, um, you know, but the fortunate thing is our hens carried through. I told you earlier, you know, I walked out in the field here a couple weeks ago and uh, the hen population is strong. So the good thing is the drought did not uh, really knock off the hen population, but it took a toll on the, sure. on the young chicks.
2: Well, and the, kind of the nice thing that I've, from what I've learned from some of the biologists at Pheasants Forever as well is even if, like with this open winter, the better the condition those hens come out of the winter in, the bigger the clutches can be. So if we do knock on wood, get some rain this spring, they're going to they're gonna
7: explode. Absolutely. You know, we lucked out. We got some rain uh, early last fall. I think our uh, moistures are good enough to get grass started, but we need some rain. But if we get the rain, you know, our populations are going to be really good again uh, in our area anyway. So, you know, th- thank goodness for habitat. It gives them a fighting chance, and that's why we do what we do.
0: So a big blessing that I think we've talked about a lot this year when it as it relates to the drought. And a lot of the biologists that I've spoken with, too, they say you're going to really – See the effects of it if the habitat is sparse and we get hammered on a bad winter.
2: That's what I've been concerned this, about for years. This
0: winter has not been harsh across. I mean, you yeah. live in Northwest North Dakota and it's been mild for you for the most part. Yep. You're not, there's not. 17 foot
2: snow drifts up there well the only 17 foot snow drifts are right alongside my house yeah uh you if you look you out my and kitchen the, my kids would love honest to, come to up god there. so yeah. i got i got a dryer vent that's completely covered and i was like if i build a snow fort here i can have heat <laughs> i can walk inside i could turn my dryer on i could like string
7: lights and stuff yeah. it's gonna be awesome i haven't done it yet but i mean like bring your kids we'll do it yeah it'll be fun no, it, it's a great point. You know, a lot of emergency hanging last year. That's saying. But I was the nice, sure. beautiful thing about it is, yeah, you took fifty percent of your CRP or whatever. But you know, uh, there's enough habitat out there, and with our open winter, they're going to be fine. We just need a little grace of God and a little bit of moisture this spring, and I think we can knock it back out of the park going into next fall. So yeah, that, that's um, kind of the thing that we've been—I've been worried about for a
2: while—is if we keep on doing the the emergency hanging programs. One of these winters, North Dakota, South Dakota, is going to remind us that it is North Dakota and South Dakota. And we're going to get a Dakota winter. And if we keep on cutting all that habitat, and like up by me in North Dakota, they've been cutting and burning cattail sloughs because they're dry and CRP and everything else. It's like, man, here's the deal. It's fine as long as we don't get snow. But you have to remember where we live. It's going to come one day.
7: You're absolutely correct. You know, but um, you know, we keep fighting. Yep, that's it. Put a foot forward. You know, put the habitat on the ground, and you know, uh, wonderful things will happen. So, and you know, I'm no quail uh, expert. You know, a lot of that stuff, but I know pheasants, and I know uh, we're gonna be okay. Yeah. We're gonna be okay. We just can't have year two. Yeah,
2: I was gonna so. ask. I was gonna ask you as well. So I hunted down there uh, not this past January, but the January before. And this January, so January of' 20 and January 21 and January of' 22, and we, it was roughly 30 percent. Do you think that's pretty close to what, what it was across the board down there in that part of
7: the country? Uh, Explain 30 percent
2: of the year before.
7: Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty close. Yeah. you know. Um we shot a lot of birds this this year. Sure, um, but We're still South Dakota. Two, 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 <laughs> yeah. two and three year old it's birds. It's all relative. we really? did not have very many juveniles, you know, in our bags. Okay. Um, so we need a decent hatch. I I told Scott and Travis earlier today when we talked, you know, um, this is the highest hen to ratio or hen to rooster ratio I've seen on my property mm-hmm. for five, six, seven years. Really, you know, I've got a lot of hens, but we need a hatch. Uh, Because we've shot a lot of uh, mature birds sure Sure. question for
0: you outside of your own personal property You're very active with pheasants forever. Why do you volunteer so much of your time for your own local chapter? Why do you do it? You've you've already got everything you need on your property.
7: I? I, uh, Honestly, love the hunting community. I try my best to um, advocate as much as I can Um, I love Travis what I see what you do with your kids you know, um, I'm, I want to leave a legacy of some sort. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just one guy, but I think if I just do my part, you know, I'm hoping another guy catches on. You know, spread that enthusiasm type thing. That's why I'm involved and that's why I'm here this weekend, you know, uh, meet great people and meet up with friends like the Schwins. You, you know, I didn't know Hunter and, and Rob here and, and their brothers who are back home. Um, Two years ago gave me an amazing experience through your show and through Pheasants Forever, you know, yeah. through the fundraiser, and um, you know I'll go to my grave thankful for these relationships that I've, you know, Absolutely. grown, and the opportunity to spend walking under God's uh, blue skies and chasing. Uh, you heard me say it, Travis. I'm going to say it: the most iconic wildland bird there is, you yeah. know, in South Dakota. So Boo. I know you're going to laugh, but that's all right. <laughs> no. um, Boo that man! No, I'm just they're all beautiful upland, you know, and, yeah. and that's why we do what we do. I think. Well, so. what's good for pheasants is good for everything else too. I mean, like,
2: what what's good for the bird is good for the herd. And what did you what did you show me a picture of just a little
0: while ago?
7: Uh, my uh, prairie chickens. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Are they dancing? So, uh, they're dead. They're dead. <laughs> oh. They're no, no longer. Yes. yes. They're, they're not, not they die anymore. <laughs> they're, they're having a great <laughs> so time. So when I started yeah. my habitat, I'm not in grouse country, prairie grouse country. Sure. So, you know, we've had a few roosters, but our prairie grouse in our area have just exploded. And I really attribute it to better grassland management by For our sure. management practices. Our prairie grouse populations bloomed. You know, we shot our first uh, Sharpie two years ago on my property. We shot one. I saw two of them, like I was telling Scott, three, four years ago, and I told everyone, no shooting the grouse. They carried over, and now we've got, you know, maybe 40, 50. That's good. And uh, so two years ago, we. Got the first one in Travis. it's on the wall. So now when you come back, we got a new addition to the uh, the farm shack. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then this year we shot our first two prairie chickens we ever shot off our property. And the only other thing I will tell you, the other upland species I've shot on my family farm was about 1990. We did have some partridge and I shot a couple partridge, but I haven't seen them since. Maybe if you
0: could convince the locals in the area to plant of uh, just grains, small grains, you can yeah. get some of those partridge to come back. Yeah.
7: Love small grains, we need more. But yeah, anyway, Darwin, thank you guys, thank appreciate you. all thank you do, down. love your show. Yeah, thank, thank, you. thank you so you.
0: much. Um, let's see, Anna, looks like you've got some, maybe some questions. Darwin, I think you might want an Onyx membership. Absolutely. There you go, sir. Evening, guys, come on in if you want.
7: So this is from Bernie Fraze on Facebook. Okay. What are your thoughts on different chokes and gauges for wild pheasant? Oh,
2: I'm all over this one. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs>
0: ha. Ha. 20, Tyler, Tyler's gonna say four, a
2: 410. 28 gauge and 410 is mm-hmm. all that you need. Uh, but you, you are. I, I, I am the general of the 28 gauge army. Like that is my, yep. I, I gave myself the title. And I'm the four-star general of the 28-gauge army. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: I think, you know, I've shot, Scott, I think you shoot the same choke in in a 12-gauge. I use an early-season Carlson choke tube, and I shoot number fives out of a 12-gauge. As the season goes on, I switch over to a late-season choke tube uh, that they make that fits my Benelli. And number fives is pretty...
2: I think, that you could, I think you could put a modified choke in a shotgun and throw the rest of them away. I agree. I yeah. use my
0: early season all year long. I
1: never take it out. Yeah. yeah. Never take it out. Yeah. I'll just change the shells that I'm shooting, you know, depending on the season.
0: Yeah. But I found that I just, with the, all these sub-gauge loads coming out, I've just fallen in love with the 16-gauge Josh. Same. Yeah. I, when we were out there on the Ford Pier, we were, I think, what did you shoot? I... Oh, boy. Well, that's yeah. a nice gun. Yeah. So, and I had a 16 out there. I just I've been shooting a 20 gauge and a 16 gauge for most of the season. But I was actually going to ask you guys if you were stuck with one gun, Scott and uh, Tyler, if you were stuck with just one shotgun for the rest of your life, what would it be and why?
2: Go ahead. I, I'm I'm still thinking. Okay, uh, it's it's going to be my side by side 28 gauge. Simple. I love that gun. I shoot that gun very well. I shot everything from. Mern's Quail and Bob White's to sandhill Cranes and Ducks with it. I mean, just change the, change the load and change the choke, and you're good to go. I love that gun.
3: I, I That's think pretty I,
0: pretty rare answer. Yeah. I think you're, one of the, you're in the minority for that, but you're I, also one of the most lethal I'm shots. I'm all
2: right with that, yeah. yeah. I, like I, it's, it, I mean, if I were to shoot a 12-gauge, it just wouldn't be fair. <laughs> <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs>
0: Way to give him a chance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Another conservationist move. Yeah.
1: I, I think I would shoot my 20-gauge. Uh, you know, my uh, 20, uh, my Benelli Ultralight takes, that's a nice takes choice. 3 inch shells um, it's just a good all round gun for whatever you're yeah. shooting. So you can use it in the grouse woods if you want, you can use it out on the prairie for pheasants or any kind of upland bird and you could duck hunt with it if you want. I so do, I, I really I, like that gun. I
2: do want to just mention that it, and it doesn't matter if it's 16 gauge, 20 gauge, uh, 28 gauge, 410. With the premium loads that are out there coming out from these ammo right. manufacturers now You do not have to shoot 12 gauge at these birds. I get I get the question all the time. I post a lot of videos on Instagram and stuff, and they're like, "Man, I I didn't think anybody could kill a bird, a pheasant in November with a 410." It's like you can. You just got to hit them. I mean, and I like go out and shoot sporting clays or trap or skeet during the summertime and become a better shot. But just spend the money and shoot good premium ammunition, and it does not matter what gauge you shoot. You can kill those birds.
0: You also shoot probably 1,000 rounds before the season. Probably more yeah. than
2: that. Yeah. Probably more than that.
0: I'd say the average hunter doesn't have that um, much time spent at the range.
2: Recoil therapy, man. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean. I what, what
0: would you shoot, Trav? I'm the host. I don't have to ask you that yeah, question. No. Next question.
2: <laughs> Anna, what else we got? No,
0: what what would I shoot?
2: Yeah. You shoot that little side, or uh, over under 20 gauge pretty well.
0: Yeah, that 20 gauge has become kind of just like my little sweetheart. Yep. I mean, historically, if you've got a 12 gauge, you can hunt anything anywhere with that, you know, from waterfowl to a grouse, if you wanted to, or a woodcock. So, it's the do-all gun. It's always been the do-all gun. But, yeah, I mean, now with all these loads, I would probably, I just... I, I love that little
2: 20-gauge. The sub doesn't again, 20-gauge or whatever, they're so much nicer to carry. Yeah. yeah. And if you That's like, I mean, yeah. I, I hunted a lot of days last year, and I walk a lot of miles. And at the end of the day, man, if you're going to carry around an 8-pound semi-automatic 12-gauge, yeah. and then a person doesn't think about it, but throw a box of shells in your vest compared to a, vo- a box of 20-gauge shells. And, I mean, the, we're out there putting on some miles, man. I mean, it's, it, it's, it adds up. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna slowly bring this to a close here. Shortly,
0: Anna, what do you got? There was
7: another one um, from Instagram, jlentz. Z. What do you think were the factors in early season Merns numbers and late season numbers? Sure. Yeah, this
2: is a great one because we talked a lot about that when we, we were did. down in Arizona. And so that uh, first of all, uh, Josh will be listening to this, and uh, I got to talk with him this year. Very very good guy. Um, I. I think it was all setting condition. Um, we talked about this. When I got down there, I was down there the opening weekend of Mern's quail season, and we made the walk that me and Travis made the last day that we hunted together and filmed, the one that I talked about being one of the greatest Mern's quail hunts I've ever been on. I made the exact same walk with the exact same dog on the opening weekend, and we found exactly zero birds. And it wasn't because those birds weren't there, it's because it was 70 degrees, it hadn't rained since September, and there was no wind. And then all of a sudden in mid-December we started getting some rain showers down there in Arizona and it just changed everything. And the other thing that I think definitely had something to play uh, was that we found some birds that were abnormally young later in the year. I mean, birds, um, male merns quail with very little plumage yet, even into mid-January. So there was definitely something that happened with that that early hatch. I don't know if they got a rainstorm that went through there and wiped them out and there was a renest situation. But those young birds, they don't have as much scent to them. And we're talking about birds that are Insanely tight holding, anyways. Uh, when you guys were talking about not being able to talk when you're around pheasants and stuff like that, you can talk when you're around Mernsquail. I mean, we like it's yeah. like it like I'm drawing up army general like plans. It's like Travis, you go there, you're shooting lanes right there. You go over here, camera guy, you stand right there. We're flushing like it's literally like that. It's a production because and then they will where hold you forever. think they're gonna go. They go the exact opposite the direction. Only, the only consistency in myrn's quail hunting is that they always fly uphill, so they punish you if you want to go chase them. Yeah. But uh, with them young birds, they don't have nearly as much scent as the adult birds. And with the poor scenting conditions, dogs just couldn't find them. Yep. Um, before we wrap this up,
0: uh, maybe we'll do one more question, I think. But I, if you've listened to this podcast over the last two years, um, <clears throat> it's been just a real pleasure for me to work with this guy that's hiding behind me right now. Because every week, no matter where I am, I try to get out an episode, Hunter's laughing, because we're 10 o'clock after walking 15 miles, and we still kicked one out, and I got it to Brandon. And every week, he puts up with whatever kind of audio that I come up with out of the field, or he (laughs) meets me wherever I am to record and, and set this up. So Brandon, would you please stand up, and can we just give you a round of applause? And he drove all the way down to Omaha tonight just to come out and set everything up here so that we could have this. And, and uh, He did not trust
1: it. Travis and I to get this
0: set up, or Lukey, or anyone on our I know, our we're like, yeah, we can do this. Yes. And he goes, no, I'm coming no, down No, I'm coming down. Yeah. So it's, it's always good to have Brandon here. Thank you, Brandon. Yeah, thanks. Um, Scott, what are you most looking forward to as we uh, have two more days left of Pheasant Fest? And why... I, I just
1: like talking to people when they come to the, to the booth, and they tell us about, A, their hunts, or B, the shows maybe that they've liked that we've done, and give us ideas for future shows. I mean, I, I would say if you haven't come to see us yet, please do, and tell us where you want to see us film. And we're, we're all ears, and we start planning in about three months again for... Our I've got season. a I've
0: got a file going of, of places that I'm already looking forward to. Hunter, yes, <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe joining you in Alaska. What are you most right. looking forward to, Tyler, for the rest of this weekend? Well, you well for the rest of this weekend. Uh, I'm actually kind of excited for tomorrow. I'm going to be on the public land stage talking about uh, hunting public land quail in, in the Southwest. I'm part of a panel, and uh, over the last five six years, it has just turned into an absolute passion of mine. I mean, I've like. About the time that mid-November comes around when everybody's really starting to think about pheasant hunting, I'm already thinking about <laughs> warm weather in Arizona. It's like, all right, December 1, I'm heading south. And uh, so getting to go up there and actually be able to help uh, pheasants forever and quail forever, get the message out that you can actually go take a road trip, get someplace, and go and hunt all public land and find these different birds. I'm, pretty, I'm looking forward to that. Fantastic. How about you, Trav? For this weekend? Yeah. Well, you already seen your, you know, there's an orange blazer hanging up. and. Yeah,
0: so I really think, Scott, you and I have talked about this now two times. This will be the third time. I've got a blaze orange sport jacket that I'm wearing tomorrow night. And it's like, to me, it feels like, you know, like the green jacket in golf. And we, I talked to Bob today too and I told him that because he had his on. There's only just a couple of them that we it's, know about. Wait a minute, it's not the same one?
2: No. I thought you guys just wore the same one. And just
0: swapped out. Bob and I are exactly the same size. He doesn't know where they came from other than they showed up at Pheasant's River headquarters. Well, I
1: know yours came from the children's department because
0: it, <laughs> it wouldn't even fit over my right arm. Don't laugh at him, guys. It just encourages that kind of behavior. Um, and I just think that like, and I told Bob, and we, we talked about this too. Maybe somehow, you know, when they become a life member, you get the blaze orange blazer to go with it. Yeah. I'll so, like anyway, that idea. I, it's an honor that I'm wearing it tomorrow and looking forward to the banquet. I've talked about this now. I think Brandon's tired of me li- talking about <laughs> it, but I, I am nervous. So, I'm just excited to get it over, get with. It <laughs> over with. Yes. If you want to go up and, and MC the banquet tomorrow night in front of that <laughs> ballroom full of people, you have at it. It's an no, no. honor. It's, I'd rather be on the other side. It's, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity. You'll I'm, do great. I'm, I'm excited a great for job. it. I've got, a, I've got a story or two that I'm debating about telling tomorrow night. So um, I'll settle on something there. And then once I have that, we'll me, be good me, to go. Me
2: and Scott will just sit over, sit over at the table, drink beer, and heckle. Please uh, do. Yeah,
0: Please do. I'm actually hoping somebody falls. And then it takes the attention off me. Well, we're kind of hoping it's going to be you. (laughs) No, No, I'm just kidding. I hope nobody falls. it's, It's a real pleasure to be down here, just like it is tonight. And we've got all day tomorrow before that comes. And Saturday... Roughly 70% of people that come to Pheasant Fest come on come Saturday. On Saturday. Yep. It's going to be so busy. It'll be a busy day. It's it's cold down here. It feels like we're in Canada in January or in your neck of the woods. It's blowing Wait, the it's wind. Not, it's,
2: it's not that cold in North Dakota. I think it's colder here. I think it is, it's yeah. Cold it's here right now. It's 40
0: mile an hour winds or 30 mile an hour winds and it's uh, like 10. to be 10. home. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're wearing a t-shirt and you were outside walking all the way down here. Well, nobody t-shirt. ever said I was smart. No. <laughs> so, no. I mean... Well, we're glad you joined us tonight, Tyler. Oh, thank thanks you for, guys very much for, for having me. Thanks for taking the time. Was, Scott, any closing remarks?
3: Uh, no.
1: No, no. no.
0: <laughs> that is that. Thank you all so thank much you guys.
2: for joining us tonight.
0: Thanks, everybody, Cheers. for coming. We really
2: appreciate it. We may have to do this again. We might. This, this was, was kind of fun. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I'm in. Cheers to the, brick, uh, to the Brickway Brewery, too. Yeah. Right? Cheers I mean, these, to the Brickway these guys Brewery.
0: These crushed it here. Cheers. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Enjoy the rest of Pheasant Fest.